This is Barry Zelma speaking for Claim School Incorporated's blog, Zelma on Insurance. Today, we're going to prove that lying sometimes pays, but that does not deprive an insurer from its right to refuse to pay the insured who lies. There is, therefore, more than one way to skin a fraudster, even though a delayed rescission will fail. There's always exclusions in the policy. Evanston Insurance Company appealed from a bench trial on an insurance coverage dispute. After determining that Evanston failed to timely rescind the policy after learning that the insured lied on the application to avoid discovery of his embezzlement scheme, and that a policy exclusion did not apply, the district court required Evanston to continue defending Desert State Life Management against a class action arising from its former CEO's embezzlement scheme. In Evanston v. Desert State Life Management and Christopher Moya, the United States Court of Appeal for the Tenth Circuit on December 30, 2022, concluded what it believed to be a Solomon-like decision that did justice to Evanston and to Desert State. Four things underlied the appeal. Paul Donensthorpe's application for the Evanston insurance policy, his embezzlement scheme, the former client's class action, and Evanston's response to Donensthorpe's misconduct. Desert State Life Management was a New Mexico trust corporation that acted as a trustee for disabled individuals. From 2008 to March 2017, Thorpe served as its CEO. In October of 2016, Thorpe applied for an Evanston professional liability insurance policy on Desert State's behalf. Thorpe's response to the following application question was a lie. Quote, is the applicant, Desert State, or any principal, partner, owner, officer, director, employee, manager, or managing member of the applicant, or any persons or organizations proposed for this insurance, aware of any fact, circumstance, situation, incident, or allegations of negligence or wrongdoing, which might afford grounds for any such claim, such as would fall under the proposed insurance, close quote. Of course, Donisthorpe didn't tell them that he was embezzling money. Donisthorpe, by the application, also warranted that he understood and accepted the notice, and that the information contained in the application was true, and that it shall be the basis of the policy and deemed incorporated therein. Based on Donisthorpe's application responses, Evanston issued Desert State a professional liability insurance policy, and despite the notices, coverages, and exclusions, Donisthorpe completed Evanston's application while running an embezzlement scheme that exposed Desert State to liability. Donisthorpe intentionally misappropriated and commingled over $4.9 million dollars of Desert State's clients' funds for his own use. Donisthorpe hid his scheme by presenting fraudulent reports to Desert State's board of directors and to New Mexico regulators. 
In March of 2017, L. Helen Bennett, a Desert State Director, told Evanston about Donna Thorpe's misconduct. Evanston then began receiving claims from Desert State clients that confirmed Bennett's report. Evanston ultimately opted not to rescind the policy. Instead, it notified Desert State that it would not, wouldn't be renewing the policy. In August, Christopher Moya was appointed Desert State's receiver. In November of 2017, Donna Thorpe pleaded guilty to a two-count federal felony information, charging him with wire fraud and money laundering. He was sentenced to 144 months in prison and was ordered to pay $6.8 million in restitution and a $4.8 million money judgment. Donisthorpe's criminal case triggered demands for restitution among former Desert State clients. By mid-December of 2017, Evanston learned that Donisthorpe had pleaded guilty. Based on statements during his plea hearing, Evanston determined that Donisthorpe had made material misrepresentations when applying for insurance. Evanston had no evidence that any insured besides Donisthorpe had participated in the scheme, so Evanston assumed correctly that no insured other than Donisthorpe had made material misrepresentations on the insurance application. Six months after learning Donisthorpe's guilty plea, Evanston sent Moya a letter offering to rescind the policy. The company cited Donisthorpe's misrepresentation on Desert State's application. Evanston also refunded Desert State for the premiums paid under the policy, but Desert State did not accept the offer to rescind. Evanston argued that the district court erred by denying rescission and by concluding that the policy required Evanston to defend Moya and Bennett against the class action claims. Rescission, remember, is an equitable remedy that results in the cancellation of a contract from its inception. It is available where there has been a misrepresentation of a material fact. The misrepresentation was made to be relied on and has, in fact, been relied on. But a party to seeking to rescind must promptly exercise it or the same will be waived citing to a case called Putney v. Schmidt, a 1911 decision of the New Mexico Supreme Court. The district court's factual findings belied any suggestion that Evanston acted promptly in seeking to rescind the policy. Evanston knew about the guilty plea by mid-December. Evanston was on notice of its right to rescind as early as March of 2017 when Bennett first relayed Donis Thorpe's misconduct to the insurer. Circumstances outside a party's control can excuse a delayed rescission. Here, by contrast, Evanston faced few, if any, obstacles in rescinding, especially once it learned in December of 2017 that Donis Thorpe had pleaded guilty. Because the undisputed facts established that Evanston waited too long to rescind the policy, the Tenth Circuit held that the district court did not err in concluding that Putney effectively barred Evanston's rescission. However, 
the policy contained an exclusion P. Rescission was not the only remedy available to Evanston. In New Mexico, unambiguous contract provisions are applied, not interpreted. Although New Mexico courts generally interpret exclusionary language narrowly, they do not apply this principle to override the clear and unambiguous terms of an exclusion. Because the unambiguous, plain language controls, the Tenth Circuit applied exclusion P as written, the class action negligence claims arose out of Donisthorpe's commingling, in other words, the claims originated from, and therefore the claims all flowed from Donisthorpe's misconduct. Evanston did not have a duty to defend under the policy. On rescission, the Tenth Circuit affirmed the district court, but it reversed the district court's ruling on exclusion P and remanded the case with instructions to enter judgment for Evanston and against the plaintiffs. A concurring opinion, however, argued that Evanston was fast enough in rescinding the policy, but that fact was irrelevant because of the application of the exclusion. Therefore, Evanston owed nothing, was entitled to keep the premium it tried to return, and owed nothing to the defendants. Although rescission was an obvious remedy, the policy was obtained by a lie told by a criminal trying to hide his crime, Evanston deprived itself of the right to rescind by its delay and put itself in the problem raised by a more than 100-year-old New Mexico Supreme Court decision. Regardless, the exclusion was clear and unambiguous, and as a result, it owed neither defense nor indemnity to the insured and its bankruptcy trustee. Liars never prosper at least they never should, and insurers who sit on their rights may lose them. In this case, if the policy was rescinded, Evanston needed to return the premium, but since the claim was excluded, it was entitled to retain the premium and seek refund of defense cost expended, although that will probably be difficult since the insured had no assets and was bankrupt. This video was adapted from my blog, Zelma on Insurance, which is available free to anyone who clicks on the URL zelma.com slash blog. You can subscribe to the blog post and will be told about every blog posting, usually five a week and sometimes more. You can also subscribe to these videos on rumble.com and youtube.com. And I'd appreciate it if you like the videos to click on the rumble button at rumble and the like button at YouTube. If you found these videos and this blog posting to be of interest or useful to you, please tell your friends and colleagues so that they can also subscribe. Thank you for your attention.